Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Now hear the reading of God's word. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So ends the reading of God's word, and you may be seated. We are here partly to commend those who have served our country, who have given their lives, who've given maybe a few years of their life to help us to have the freedoms that we have. And, and I, I always am impressed by Diane. Diane, where are you? There you are. Stand up just for a moment, Diane. I know this is embarrassing. I want you to notice she can still fit into her uniform. <laughs> and... <laughs> And how many years, Diane, since you retired? In 97, so what is that? That's uh, 13 years. How many of you can still fit in your clothes from 13 years ago? Okay, a few of you can. <laughs> I can't, never mind. A couple of things. Where's Chuck? I saw Chuck in the back somewhere. You're not having your class today, is that right? Okay, so if you're in that class, don't show up. That's that uh, sermon companion class, since they're not doing that. And uh, who else did I see? I saw Paul. Where's Paul? Paul Jaquish. Back here. Welcome back. Paul was on the Appalachian mission trip. And uh, I assume people got back then since you got back. Is that a good assumption? Good. <laughs> and can you tell us in 27 words or less what it was like? Go ahead and stand up, but don't be shy. Great. Boy, 27 words. That was wonderful. You did well. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. And also, this is the last Sunday to sign up if you're interested in being baptized next Sunday at 3 o'clock at Lake Jane. And uh, let me know or let Pastor Mary know. And we will have maps for you next Sunday so you know how to get there. So uh, a lot of fun coming up. If it rains, great. I'm going to be wet anyway, and so are you. So come and... Uh, Support those who are getting baptized. All right, let's see how well you have done over the last couple of weeks. Uh, those who have not been here the last couple of weeks, you're free. You don't have to worry about this. Those who have been here, let's see how well you remember. Pastor Mary, two weeks ago, talked about some things that we need to be about as Christians. And we remember those by what is the thing we're going to remember? I heard it. Pat, and the P stood for what? We are to proclaim the word of God. That is good. The A stands for admonish in what? In love. 
Why do we keep saying that? Because some of us like admonishing anytime, anywhere, anyway. But this is admonish and love. And the T is to teach. And then last week, we talked about three other things that we need to be doing as Christians as we grow. And that is, what, what was the word we were going to remember? Who. Very nice. I like it. And the W stood for work. We are to work. The H, to help each other, to help one another. And the O, obey. I am very impressed. Good job. Give yourself a hand. I like that. I know, most of you didn't clap because you had no clue what we were talking about. But those of you who did, you saved the rest of us, and great job. If you have your Bibles, I hope they're open to the second chapter of Colossians, and verses 6 through 7. And if you're the kind who don't mind writing in your Bible, I want you to underline five different phrases in this passage. And the first one is, take your pen and just underline... Continue to live in him, right there at the end of verse 6. The second line, or word to underline, is in verse 7, and underline rooted. The third then is in 7, underline built up in him. The fourth thing to underline is strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And the last thing to underline is overflowing with thankfulness. This morning we are going to look at the growth process. In fact, as we look at these verses and as we try to understand what these verses are saying to us, this may be the key to the rest of the book of Colossians. As Paul writes this letter to the people of Colossae, he, he kind of summarizes the rest of the book with this statement, with this passage. And so we need to look at this and see that Christian growth is a process. Now, you do know that as we receive Christ into our lives, and, and um, we were talking about that earlier, about coming to that faith in Jesus Christ. As we receive Christ in our lives, that is a one-time thing. That we ask Jesus to come in, Jesus comes in. There's no question, there's no doubt about it. If we are willing, he is willing we ask him to come in. He is quite able to do that. He enters into our life. So that is something that happens one time. But this whole idea of growth, this Christian growth, it's a process. It comes after we receive Christ. And it takes a lifetime to grow. Now you don't just come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then all of a sudden you know everything. Anybody in that spot where you know everything? I knew you weren't, because I'm not there either. It is a process that we work on, and we work on, and we work on. And, and really, when the day comes when you go home, when you go to be with God, you still don't have it all figured out. But I'll tell you one thing. Once you get there with God, I, I just see it happening. A light's going to come on, and you're going to go, Aha! That is how it works. Isn't that going to be a great moment when that light comes on and all of a sudden, all those questions you had, you know, the questions you never tell anybody about because you think, oh, I'm not a very good Christian if I don't have all the answers. That moment comes and you're going to be enlightened. You know, we talk about being enlightened 
I don't think we're really going to be enlightened until we stand with God and he opens up our minds and our eyes and we can see what this has been totally about. So our focus then should not just be on knowing, but it should be on growing. Because anytime we receive Christ into our life, that one-time experience, anytime we do that, that has to lead to action. You can't tell me that I became a Christian and now I don't have to do anything. I got it made. And you wonder about the people who say, oh, you know, I just received Jesus so I could go to heaven. No, no, no. When you receive Christ, it gets you to heaven all right. But it also opens all kinds of doors about action, all kinds of doors about things that we should be doing. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is, what's the word? Dead. Very well done. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So we have faith in Christ, but with that faith in Christ comes action, comes works, comes that helping, the things that we've talked about earlier. Now, understand on the faith side, the Colossians had received Jesus. They, they were doing fine with that concept. But on the practice side, they needed to continue to live in him. Remember what the problem was? They had received Christ. But then these false teachers coming around and saying, oh yeah, but what about this? And you need to do this, and you need to act like this, and you need to believe this. Paul realized that the problem here was they had Jesus, but they didn't know what to do with Jesus. Are you getting the picture? Receiving Jesus is not the end of the process. It is not the end of the journey, but it's the beginning of the journey. And this morning, I want us to look at these five different things that pertain to our growing in Christ. And with each of these, I'm going to give you a picture. And, and by the way, here's how you can take notes. You take your bulletin, you find any spot that has a space on it, okay? Doesn't have to be a big space. And you begin to draw some pictures. You don't even have to write anything. If you draw a picture... This will remind you of what's going on in this passage. Now, I don't care how well you draw, as long as you know what you've drawn. And boys and girls, if you're, if you're just really short, that's okay. Because you draw the best pictures. And so you go ahead and just draw pictures of what I tell you to. And then on the way home from church today, when your parents are wondering what I talked about, you can look at your bulletin and say, oh, the pastor talked about this and this and this and this and this. And they'll look at you and think, what wonderful children you are. So here's your chance to be wonderful children, as I'm sure you already are. So let's look at this. And we're going to look at the beginning. And the beginning of growth, and the idea of the beginning of growth, draw a picture of a power walker. Now you know what a power walker is. It's not one of these... That's not a power walker, is it? This is a power walker, one that is going like this and moving right along, all right? That is a power walker. Draw a picture of that. I have no idea how you draw that, but you go ahead and do that. As long as you recognize that as the power walker. And, and look at the passage in verse 6. For Paul says, 
just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, then what does it say? Continue to what? To live in him. You see, when we receive Jesus by faith, we rely upon his power for us to walk, for us to gain the power that he has. And this is the only way to make spiritual progress. If we rely on our own strength, there's not enough strength there. If we rely on our own thinking, there's not enough thinking there. We need the power of Jesus to gain that ability to be power walkers. And the verb here indicates continuous action. And so we are to continue to live in him. We are to continue to walk in him. We are to continue to act in him. Our conduct must be consistent with his lordship. I'll get that straight here. <coughs> Talk again. So as we look at this, our worship, the things that we do here should affect the way we walk. The faith that we have should affect everything that we do every moment of every day. Now, I know, I know how we get. We start getting so busy in our everyday life that we kind of forget what Jesus is doing in our life. And our purpose is to walk powerfully in him. That power walker type of mode where each day and every moment we are looking to Christ for what we should do and who we should be. That is the power walker mode. Now let's look at the second thing. And for this one, I want you to draw a tree. All right? And the idea is, just as the first one, is we begin the growth. Now we grow downward by being rooted. Notice in that verse, that second verse that we read, that it talks about being rooted. And the idea, the concept, are the roots of a tree that go deep. In fact, the Greek word here, the tense, is that once and for all, having been rooted, we are rooted in Christ. We put our roots down deep. Now, if you live in a very hot, dry area, unlike what we live in here, do you realize how much it's going to rain in the next five days? This does not fit here in this country. But if you live in a very dry place, the plants there have their roots and the trees there have their roots that go deep. Why do they go deep? <laughs> they got to find the water and it's not on the surface and they got to find the nutrients and it isn't on the surface. But they have to go deep and find what they need to grow. Well, that's what it's about for us being rooted. That we are going deep into the word, that we are learning and understanding and trying these different things. So that when difficult weather comes about, and it will, that we can stand strong. That we can have our roots deep and we can blossom and grow on the surface. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 8 gives us a beautiful picture of this. When it says, he will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You see, friends, when we're rooted in a relationship with Christ, we will have everything we need for life and for godliness. 
you want to look at a verse later on, put down 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And you'll see that this is enough. It's enough to take care of us, to get us through every day of our life. So here we have grow downward by being rooted, and the concept is the tree. The third thing, though, is grow upward now by being built up. And if you look in our passage, it says being built up in him. And so what do I want you to draw? I want you to draw a building. But I don't want you to draw a one-story building. I don't even want you to draw a two-story building. I want you to draw a skyscraper. All right, whatever that looks like in your mind, you draw it with lots and lots and lots of floors. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 tells us that at conversion we were built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. Do you understand the concept of cornerstones? Do you understand that? How the cornerstone gives direction that it comes at the joining point and it gives directions and it holds things together. Or if there's an arch, it's that capstone right in the middle. You know, both of those give a concept of this cornerstone idea. And as we build, we have to have that foundation there. And the foundation in our life is what? Yeah, that's always the answer, remember? It's Jesus. He is the cornerstone. He is our foundation. But once we have that foundation, then we need to be beginning to build. And I don't want you to have a one-story house. You may be getting old, but you don't need a one-story house in the spiritual walk, okay? You can have a second story, a third story, a 16th story, a 278th story. Because your foundation is strong. So when he talks about being built up in him, as long as we have Christ as the foundation, then we can build upon that. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, it talks about building with gold and silver and costly stones. And it says, do that instead of the wood and the hay and the straw that does not last. We build with good material. We build with a great foundation. And as we look at the tense of this verb, it indicates that the building keeps on going. It's not just, a, okay, we've built the one story and that's it. But all of a sudden we get an idea, you know, one story's good, maybe two will be better. And so we build a second story and we start having more children. We think, you know, I think we need a third story. And so we build a third story to our building. And pretty soon we have 267 stories and how many of our children that works out to be. But the idea, the concept here is that we are building on the foundation and it keeps building. Not a one-time thing but a process over and over and over again. So let me ask you a question at this point. How's your building coming? How many stories do you have in your building? Are, are you just one of those single story type of people? You don't even need an elevator because it doesn't go to the top anyway? Is that the kind of person you are? Or do you find yourself where you are building and building and seeing that you want more and you need more. 
Paul's telling us, telling the people of Colossae and telling us today that we are to build upon this foundation. So let's look at the fourth thing. Let's see, we begin with growth. We go downward like a tree being rooted. We grow upward like a building that's being built up. The fourth thing is that we are to grow inward so that we can be strengthened in the faith. Now, the picture to draw here, draw yourself a student, all right? Now, you got to make it so it looks different than the fast walker, the power walker. You want a student here, so make this one look however you want. And we see in verse 7 that it says, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You see, we are to be students in God's graduate school so that our faith can be established and that it can grow, that it can be strengthened. By the way, if we stop learning, what good are we? I mean, I, I love my wife. She's a learner. She's always trying to improve her mind where my mind just kind of stagnates, you know. And she's a great example to me. She's always trying to improve and to grow. And we are told that we are to be strengthened in the faith as we were taught. As students, we must be taught the word of God in order to grow. By the way, why do we say that small groups are such a good thing to be a part of? Because in small groups, we grow. In small groups, we can be challenged by others. It's awfully easy for us to say as individuals, oh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll look at that tomorrow, I'll study that tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes, and I'll study it the next day, and I'll study it the next day. But if you know you have group coming up, they're going to hold you to what you need to be doing. Small groups are wonderful, and you're going to see us going more and more and more into those small groups. So grow inward so that we can be strengthened in the faith. Be students of the word of God. Okay, last thing, number five. And that is that we are to grow outward as we overflow with thankfulness. And the picture to draw here, draw yourself a river, okay? You know, kind of one of those rivers a year or two ago when it was overflowing the banks, remember? And we were having all the flooding. So draw yourself a big river that's overflowing the banks. And the passage here in verse 7 says, overflowing with thankfulness. You see... The more we understand what God has done for us, the more gratitude that we will have. And if we have a lot of gratitude, then it is going to overflow and people are going to look at us and say, something is really different about you. That's a good thing, hopefully. Because we realize the grace, we realize how far we have come because of what God has done for us. Have you come a long way? If you don't believe you've come a long way, let's start naming sins, okay? And a sin is anything that separates us from God. Hmm. How many of you just have one sin in your life? I don't see anybody. How many of you have just two sins in your life? How many of you have just 20 sins in your life? How many of you have 200 or more sins in your life? Raise your hand. I see some of you not raising your hand. That's a sin. 
Yeah, I got you now. All right. The point is, we have so many sins in our life that we have no chance on our own. The point is that God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not, what? Perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That is grace. We're not getting what we deserve, which is death. And we're getting what we don't deserve, and that is life. And that's great news. And when we see the extent of the grace on the cross, what Scott was talking about, that Jesus gave himself for us, he threw his body on the cross that we might have life and have it abundantly, that is grace. And as we have that grace and understand it, then, then the gratitude should be in our life. And when the gratitude is in our life, people ought to be seeing something different about our countenance. <laughs> yeah. As a pastor, you're, you're trying to think of words all the time, and I got to the, think of your, and I was thinking continence, and I thought, no, that's not the right word. So thank goodness, just in the nick of time, countenance came out. Otherwise, never mind. You understand. So that's five. We, we are to be that river. Now, notice in these passages how many of these verbs are active verbs, like live in him and be thankful. Things that continually should be taking place in our life. What thing was a one-time thing there? Do you remember? What was it? Yeah, when we dropped our roots down, when we received Christ. That's a one-time thing. These other things, living in him, giving thanks, growing, they are continuous things that we ought to be doing. So, okay, you got your five pictures. Let's see if we can remember the pictures now. The first picture that you drew was what? The power walkers, walkers, yeah. The second picture was? Okay, the tree with the roots going deep as our, our faith and as our learning needs to grow deep. The third picture is the skyscraper. You have a building that is very tall because we need to keep growing. The, what number am I on? Fourth? The fourth thing is what? What did you say? All right, just wanted to make sure you had it right. And then the fifth one is? All right, good job. If you can have those five pictures, if you can remember those five pictures, then you can see the process, and again, remember, it is a process, the process of growing in Christ. Colossians is a great book about growth and growing in Christ. And uh, maybe next week we'll show you a chart that, that I did a number of years ago that uh, talks about this whole idea of Christ and growing and serving and doing all these things, because really we base much of what we do in this church, our purpose on that chart, or at least that kind of thinking. Let's go ahead and go to prayer. Lord God, thank you so much that we can serve, that we can grow, that we're not dead, that we still have breath to breathe, and that as we breathe, we can take in your word, that we can take the spirit in and and just let it fill us. Lord, let us never come to the point where we say we know enough. Let us never come to the point where we say we've done enough. But Lord, let us seek you. 
Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.